everybody and welcome back to Things You Can't Ask Your Mum. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are going to be talking about mental health, our journeys with that and how we cope with being two very anxious little souls. <laughs> <laughs> and we recommend that you listen to this on the Entail app, which is our go-to place to listen to podcasts. It's quite a visual experience. There's some really lovely embarrassing photos on there, links to things we might mention, some reading recommendations, if there's anything relevant, anything along those lines. So it's just a bit more of like a 360 podcast experience. <laughs> lovely job <laughs> so mental health feels re- well it's always relevant but more relevant than ever this year I feel like everyone's really got to know their mental health <laughs> yeah everybody's really had to dig down and we've had so much time in our hands we've had nothing more to do than really get acquainted with the worries the anxiety and the stress that our brain creates <laughs> for us what should we do a quick overview of our journeys with it because I yeah think we've had differing journeys and that yours has been a longer journey yes much longer <laughs> yes okay you go first Lizzie Lou shall I yeah I feel like I only really have become anxious or maybe had the language to speak about anxiety through knowing people with it and recognizing it in myself are you Lindsay oh great I'm bloody to blame am I <laughs> not be surprised <laughs> You literally texted me that the other day and said, I swear, before you knew me, you were never like this. Oh, God. Um, But probably in the past, oh, four years, maybe, I would say Mm. it kind of started to rear its head towards the end of my long-term relationship and then really took a new hold when I was in London. Which for lots of people, I think your 20s, I think you're going to say the same, that it was around your mid-20s, early 20s, where you started to really understand it. Yeah. Um, And obviously, I feel like I've had the worst year of it this year, and I've had things like panic attacks a lot more often, and the kind of like understanding of panic where it can be panic for a whole afternoon or an evening or something, where I always imagine something like a panic attack to be where you stop not stop breathing that was a bit dramatic but feel like you can't breathe and it's mm. like you know you th- imagine someone breathing into a paper bag yeah but realizing that it can be a state that you're in over several several hours or take out a whole day where mm. you go into those moments where you you recognize the classic symptoms like not being able to breathe in a steady way but also just a whole day of like a tight chest or not being able to rationalize things or not being able to step out of your own head or not having any clarity and just low level panic for an entire day (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like that's something that's been new to me this year and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of other people have experienced that because all of the normal distraction techniques you might have we've had taken away from us to varying degrees so it does feel a lot more intense when something like that starts to happen whereas normally you might say right I'm going to go and see a friend or whatever jump on a plane in our case sometimes (laughs) you can't you can't do that and then the feeling that when there's less of an idea of what your future looks like it's easy to imagine you're stuck in where you are right now forever yeah and when your brain isn't thinking rationally and you're panicking and then you think this is me forever I'm not going to not feel like this obviously that makes you panic more (laughs) (laughs) the worst cycle isn't it it is it is so I feel like this year I've struggled with it the most and I've learned how much I like to control things or want to feel in control of things which I think is very normal to an extent and when the whole world on a bigger scale has felt out of control my need to control the smaller things has felt more intense than ever 
to just feel like something's okay um and i've started reading this really interesting book actually called attached i've got it next to me here i can't remember who it's by but we'll put it in the entail app and it was taught it's mostly about relationships but talking about different attachment styles and it had this analogy in it of saying that when they did an experiment where a mother and her child went into this nursery and there was loads of colorful wonderful toys and the child was obviously just like a pig in shit basically <laughs> so excited playing with everything and then the mother left the room and the child descended into total panic and couldn't focus on the toys which is crying for its mum the whole time and then mum came back into the room had a hug and then the child was distracted again and it was saying that in anything relationships whatever we need our safe space and when we have that and that feels okay you have the capacity to think about other things that fulfill you so in that sense the mother was the safe space and then the child could consider its toys but when the safe space went the child couldn't think about anything except its safe space being gone mm. i thought that sums up this year so 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 well and more specifically relationships too but our safe space has been gone like our boundaries have gotten so small and anything that we've used to has changed so much so it can be so difficult to even begin to distract yourself even if that's what you want to do you just don't have the capacity for it and it was just something that really resonated with me when I read that last night <laughs> no that's a, that's an amazing way to think of it and it's so so true um it's just it's just been a wild time hasn't it and like you say our our boundaries have been moved our, our spaces have been moved everything we kind of know is now very very different so it makes a lot of sense and similarly I've read an article recently I'd sent it to you didn't I yes um it was quite a long form read but it was absolutely amazing and it talked about how there isn't a right way to feel and how we all actually thrive off control and knowing what's coming next and making a plan and having something to look forward to and mm -hmm. it's in our nature as humans so it's just completely normal that we're all feeling quite chaotic and yeah. you know the article also addresses like will I ever feel excited about my future again and the answer is yes you will <laughs> have to you know make new allowances make new plans and keep them really short term like Lizzie and I have cancelled quite a few little trips haven't we yeah. uh, just because of it and we know that everybody's been struggling on that um, in that department you know on the lighter side of things but um yeah it's just it's wild I'll also put a link into this article that I read as well yeah it was so good really helpful yeah and just summed it up so well of you are going to feel more anxious about the present when you've yeah. got less of a sense of what the future looks like and yeah in that article the bit that i really liked was saying is humans we are the only mammals apart from monkeys in some circumstances where you believe you are destined for a better future you believe you deserve a better future and you are future forward thinking mm. and when that's and that can be normal things like seeing your friends get married or people you know get married or people have children or get promotions yeah. or go on the dream holiday you witness these things and you subconsciously think oh I deserve that too and that will happen for me and whether it's very tangible for right now or not but all of those things have been taken off the table in various different formats i suppose like people still are getting married but it's not the big white wedding people are still going on holiday but it's not the trip of a lifetime yeah and more than anything you're hearing about these cancellations and so everyone's future is so uncertain but in such a collective way that you just focus on what the normal milestones are and that you can never achieve them yeah even though you can oh it's oh god it we it, this it's all getting very very deep for everybody isn't it it really really is really learning to kind of try and 
live for now, which I've never been able to because again, relinquishing <laughs> control and not having a plan. And like James and I are going, it's his birthday this week. So we're going to Brighton for the night. And I'm like, honestly, you, like a kid at fucking Christmas over yeah. here. I cannot wait. It's only down the road. I don't give it's a, a shit. holiday. Holiday. Yeah, it's a bloody holiday. I can't wait, honestly. But yeah, good grief. Yeah. How are you finding the best ways for you are to cope when you have days like that at the moment? Message you relentlessly. Yes. One. Put her on silent all the time. <laughs> like, Linda, what are you up to? <laughs> also in my own pit of hell, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> no room at the inn today. Yeah. Oh, no, honey, no. No, honey, no. <laughs> oh, stuff like going for walks trying to see somebody socially if you can within the parameters that you're allowed to do so read if i can that could go one way or the other either i'm have i'm able to sit down and look at a book or just read a page and they go nope not a single word went in then i just glossed over that whole page um but this sounds maybe really pessimistic but i just find when those days come not much actually helps it unless there's a specific cause for the anxiety and you can deal with that cause Mm. Um, in which case it would but that's sometimes more manageable anxiety isn't it because you're like I'm anxious because of this and if I can deal with this it will feel better but on the days where it just is there I just find that I kind of have to accept that's today it's possibly going to be tomorrow but that it will go again because it always does thankfully and touch wood it will continue to so it is more just like taking it hour by hour and thinking right then my next thing I'm going to do is make a cup of coffee and then you've done that and you're like right what's my next thing I'm going to try and do and even if that is just sit for a bit and be on your phone or whatever or watch something silly on YouTube or whatever makes you feel better in that moment but break it down into chunks to just get through the day yeah sometimes that thought process in itself I can find depressing more than anything because you're like oh god I don't want to be wishing a day away like this or kind of clawing my way through a day but ultimately you are where you are and you know don't is that the balance between not licking your wounds too much and thinking oh woe is me because this is what's happening and more like this is what's happening I just need to find the best way to deal with it but be really kind to myself at the same time exactly and you've made you've already put a foot wrong there mate by saying that you're just gonna make a coffee no avoid caffeine at all costs (laughs) you know this what a rookie (laughs) no caffeine for anxious people Jesus Christ oh god chamomile tea only I can't drink that shit anymore. No, you've had too much of that. Oh, God. Which is our segue into Lindsay's years of anxiety to the point where she can't even look at a chamomile tea. Oh, God. Uh, Where to begin? I think for me, again, it started when I was at uni. So how old? Fucking hell, too long ago. Um, I was early 20s. And it it came in an almighty clatter one night where I couldn't catch my breath, I had pins and needles all over my body, all these awful symptoms, chest tightness. I was, I just had this awful dread and panic to the point where my physical symptoms were so bad. My boyfriend at the time rang an ambulance and the ambulance crew got there and they radioed in to say a possible young woman with a stroke. And I was on the fucking ceiling. Like I, it just sent me into absolute hysterics. Like I was just hysterical like it was yeah. it was awful couldn't calm down no one knew what was wrong with me my heart rate was obviously really high all of these things were going wrong because I had gotten myself that worked up yeah everybody was trying to give me medicine to calm me down nobody ever stopped me to explain that this was 
um, a physiological response to my own thoughts, yes. like to my own anxieties. It was like the end of uni, I was doing my dissertation, I was up all night, I was, you know, I wasn't looking after myself. And so all yeah. these things teamed with being in a relationship that wasn't meant to be at the time yeah. was, you know, it's a lot for a young, a young adult to deal with and not have the support or knowledge of what is happening or what can happen if you don't look after yourself. Yeah. Um, so yes, a couple of trips to A&E later and then one doctor's trip to be like, this keeps happening they say this is wrong but like my you know my heart rate and my breathing and all of these things and I just can't sleep and they were like do you know much about anxiety or panic attacks and I was like no but this sounds sneakily like exactly what is happening to me and back then for me it was more um panic attacks and like prolonged panics where I'd be absolutely beside myself and then completely wiped out straight after Mm. so I didn't have like that kind of anxiety that just titters away under the surface I had like big stonking panic attacks and these awful feelings where I'd be sick and just oh constant couldn't eat couldn't sleep I was oh it was was awful in between the panic attacks would you feel normal then was it like normal and then uh, no I I felt very very out of sorts which I didn't realize was just anxiety or like a a sense of panic before like it was like a crescendo basically I was always operating at quite a high level and then all of a sudden bang I'd be in the middle of a panic attack and it could be it could be anything was he like oh I just didn't have an idea about where it was coming from, how to handle it or when it would come. And I was just like a deer in the headlights with it all. And it was only once I spoke to that doctor who hadn't, I'd never seen before. And she just sorted me right out. Like, and we talked a lot about it. We talked about CBT. We talked about things to avoid all the usual suspects like caffeine and alcohol, making sure you're getting plenty of sleep and napping if you can and like lowering your stress levels and just tried to be outside and all of those lovely wholesome things that we're all taught to do. But I didn't know any of them. No. And it helped me so much to understand that when was coming, it wouldn't kill me. Yeah. And that's, yes. that's the one thing that I hung on to because after that incident where somebody thought I was having a stroke, I then really attached that to my own um kind of my extra health anxiety and I was working on a stroke ward at the time as a physio and so I found it really hard to be around my patients because I then attached a big fear of that to them yeah and that somehow I was with them and seeing it and picking up on every symptom or every bit of recovery they might make might make and I was then thinking that well this is this is like what I had or this is what's happening to me right now and I'd get trapped in that little um, cycle of thought Um, and anxiety can come in so many different forms and for so many different reasons but I think the main thing is that we all do get stuck in like a little cycle Mm -hmm. and you can't break it unless you um, start to understand it properly and so you don't let it control you as much Mm -hmm. so over the years I suppose Mine has settled more into, I am a worrier, um, mm, thanks to Steve are. Holland. Yes. Uh, I am a worrier and I, I overthink things and we've spoken about this a little bit before. Yeah. Um, I think as the years have gone on, I can control that a lot more now. And if I do get a day like the way that you were describing where you have a day and how you cope with it, I have to now just relinquish control to it and just let yeah. it wash over me. Let it come, let it be, let it present itself and just try and enjoy my day or enjoy a part of my day whether it's watching a sitcom or something like that because you ultimately you aren't going to turn it off you have to just be kind to yourself for that day or for however many days it descend, de- uh, depends on it wants to last um sorry that was a really j- j- jarred <laughs> sentence I was like blah, blah, blah. um yeah it depends how long it wants to stick around basically yeah. and you just have to know 
that it's not going to kill you. And like I was saying before, with the whole health anxiety thing, I was like, this is not going to kill me. Like no one's ever died from a panic attack. Mm. It is just, you know, it's a horrific way to live your life. And yes, it can lead to lots of stress and awful things, but having a panic attack and feeling anxious isn't, you know, isn't fatal. Yeah. Do you think as you've got old, you've got better at not worrying and not overthinking? Yeah, definitely. How do you stop that, please? Tell me. I, honestly, I just honestly think it comes with age and maturity. Like you go through so much in the years of your life, add up to different experiences and things that you encounter and heartbreak and loss and all of these things. And I think you, it's true what they say. You just toughen up. Yeah. Like I, I can still be a massive wet wipe, but it's um it's so good isn't it uh, and I don't mean that in like a, a like a derogatory way I'm no. like no I yeah being a wet wipe mate yeah I just feel like the older I've gotten I'm braver I'm stronger and I feel like I can curb where my thoughts take me my, my unhappy or my unhealthy thoughts yeah. a little bit easier they don't go and I haven't got a cure for any of it no. but I can Shit. stop it like you know, damaging things that I might do that involve social media. I just don't fucking do it anymore. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. things, you know, I've barely been on my phone today because I've been having a wobbly day and I know that if I go online, it's going to make it worse. So why yeah. would I do it? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. like granted, you can't stop yourself when you're just in that train of thought. But for the most part, I think the longer that you deal with these things, the easier they get to yeah. manage and they become part of you and you kind of have to just embrace them. Mm. There's no trick, you know, and apart from all of those things like avoiding caffeine and alcohol and making sure you're taking good care of yourself, um, there isn't really much you can do. It, it, just, become, it just becomes a part of you. Yeah. Um, you know, there are things like CBT and lovely therapy-based practices out there that can help as well, but it just depends on what kind of person you are if you're going to be, be receptive to that. So, there, you know, there are, there are bits and bobs you can do, but ultimately we have to kind of learn to live with it because yeah it, you know it might not go away fully but it will evolve and change with you as you get older and become more equipped to deal with it yeah definitely I would just love to not be a worrier and when mm. I was thinking then about what I said about anxiety sort of starting for me in the past four years but when I look back before then I've always worried yeah. and always I was thinking of a specific time when I had handed in my dissertation and the weeks between handing in and getting my mark and that would all through my education that would be a period where I would just worry endlessly and think about it and think about what mistakes might have lied within what I'd have already handed in and worry 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 and my boyfriend at the time Harry I remember him saying to me I don't I don't understand why you're worrying because you've done it it's done so and you you just have to wait there's no what's this worry getting you and it was just yeah. a, completely your mind that worked completely differently where yeah he would have just handed it in and then be like, I've done that the worry should have come before while I was working and did my best I've done it and now I just wait yeah. so I guess I have always been wired to worry but yeah. maybe it probably manifested more in education and marks and things like that and doing yeah. well and performance yeah whereas now being self-employed that's all I am the measure of that individually, which probably yeah. suits me quite well in terms of I don't worry that much in my work life often. Yeah. Because I guess I'm constantly setting my own parameters around it. So then it's moved more into relationships that I would worry more about where yeah. you don't have that control, which yeah. again, I didn't have the control of what mark I was going to get aside from the work I put into it. Yeah, definitely. And it's the same for me. I, I, I think I 
and best working for myself. I, I do love being part of a team so much, but like, it's different. Like the NHS working in a hospital came with all its different worries. And I would worry, I got lots and lots of health worries and health anxieties. Yeah. And I would pin them on my friends and family as well and be like, what do you mean you got back pain? Where is it coming from? And how did you do it? Yeah. And then I'd be like, you know, not, I wouldn't like put it on them, but in my head, I'd be asking these leading questions to make my own assumptions in my head as to yeah. whether die or not and so it was that was a really stressful time for me um and I'm still like that now like I want to wrap people up in cotton wool and protect them forever and ever yeah I have it it a lot around my parents too it's really it's really weird yeah it's like you are in your own head google when you know when you've got small symptom Mm -hmm. and you google it and every single time it's cancer no matter what the Every worst single thing side. you could possibly do is yeah. shit. But I will say that one thing that uh, has helped me, I'm a very practical person and I need practical measures. And one mm. thing actually that has helped me a lot is going onto the NHS symptom checker when I'm in the middle of a panic attack. Yeah. James through, sleeps through shit like this because he's deaf in one ear. <laughs> so I just, I, and I can do it by myself and he's very good at calming me down, but I know that I can also do it by myself. Yeah. So I will get out of bed, I will get my laptop or my phone um, and I will go into the NHS website and I will go on the NHS symptom checker for anxiety or panic attacks. Yeah. And it lists the symptoms of what you get during this time yeah. and I can tick off everything as I go through yeah and that is really really helpful to me to have something tangible but then I can see that not working for some people if you go on there and you're just feeling quite het up and then and then you can make yourself feel the other thing yes more work up because you're like okay dizziness short of breath headache um dry mouth like I know them all yeah <laughs> like, you know feeling like time's running away from you or like you're not really here and things like that like yeah the the physical symptoms of anxiety and panic are really fucking scary Mm. um so you know if that's something that might reassure you please look at that yeah but if it if it sounds like it's not for you please don't look at that (laughs) but that is again how you cope in that you're a practical person so something practical is what helps you and I think exactly what you said about getting older you learn what how you best cope with those things whether it is something practical or whether you would want like a more spiritual answer maybe and yeah um you know like we do things that look towards our horoscope to be like oh, that, ex- that explains this past week that? to me yeah exactly. and it does make you feel better weirdly yeah it does you just want like and you know whatever form the reassurance comes in just take it if you need it just yeah, take it, it doesn't definitely. matter no one cares if it helps you it helps you yeah mm. do you find when you're in a real panic because you were saying you get better at controlling your thoughts mm. does that do you lose that skill when you're panicking or do you still manage to keep a hold of them this is um, coming from someone who has zero control of her thoughts yes. as you know yes I know at the we had a phone call recently didn't we where I couldn't make your voice out between the the hyperventilation I was like oh shit I'm gonna have to get on a train I'm gonna have to get on a train here oh god like I'm calm I was like I'm breathe with me we had to talk through some breathing exercise didn't we mate I was in being cute it was, uh, oh fucking hell it was I'm sorry Linda I'm in being cute I was like oh my god oh my god okay okay right calm down oh Jesus yeah it comes to us all and it always comes you know at the time for you don't want it to come like buying potted plants in being cute i was buying compost and i'd gone all that way to get it and the panic attack had started before i got to the compost section oh and then i still went through the checkout because i was like i've come here you can't leave without your compost and you know you just must look mental yeah. Yeah. and 
not to act like I'm really famous, but sometimes I worry that what would be just my look at the checkout lady was like, I follow this girl on Instagram and I'm there with a compost. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it would be just your look as well. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I think when those panic attacks happen for me, like I feel them and my instinct is to jump up, get out of bed, um, or jump up from what I'm doing. They do actually come to me at night time, to be fair, like yeah. mostly. So I just I just make a beeline for a different room, a different change of scenery. I look at my fact checker. I go for a walk. I put some music on and I'm like, no, you're not fucking getting me today. And I'm like, yeah. you're going to die. This will pass. And they last at the maximum 20 minutes. Like that's okay, a bad one. That's, that's good. a fucking bad one. Yeah. But, um, and then you just knackered after it. And all you want to do is have a little cup of tea and curl up and watch something shit on the telly because you yeah. just absolutely wiped out as you know and it's so tiring your yeah. body just goes through so much stress really quickly yeah and all at once um yeah. so yeah I think I am just so proactive with it I can't lie there and let it come because I have to be moving because I have to all these practical things again like I, I have to uh check my heart rate and mm. breathe through it and make sure that like everything's okay and normal and I think maybe that's like healthcare background that has put that in me so yeah. I'm, I'm there with that in my head um, yeah but yeah, I just literally have to get myself out of whatever physical situation I'm in and, mm. and get into another room or go outside or something and just kind of like run away from it. If that yeah. Is. Yes, yes, it does. Actually, no, no, actually, you're not, you're not going to stick around for long. I'm off. Yeah. Later. And just try and leave it behind and be like, there's nothing wrong. You're fine. And you go, th I go through the normal thing in my head of like, work's great. James is great. Mom and dad are great. Friends are great. Like all of those things that are yeah. like, so important to me work came before everybody then but it was absolutely not supposed to um but you know the normal little checklist of people's lives if, if something's yeah. off balance then you can understand and like you and I even now when we're talking about if we're having an anxious day like Lizzie and I check in with each other every morning when we wake up how are you how are you and yeah. it's like, not good today and then all like really bad today and the other one will always say is it anything particular or just yeah general? yeah and it's like well just general sometimes they're the worst days yeah. aren't they where you can't put a finger on it and you yeah. it's you know it's it's good and bad because you can't put your finger on it so that means that nothing is tragically wrong yes but also then you wish you kind of could fix that issue yeah. whatever it was and it just yeah isn't that way because then this is where I go wrong of being such an overthinker I will put it all on something so yeah. even if it wasn't that thing I'm going to be like you are the issue of this yeah. you're the root and yeah. therefore I'm going to now want to control whatever that bit is mm -hmm. all day and I'm going to be obsessive over it because I've decided this is the issue yeah and it probably is not and that is normally a person who then at the receiving end of that is like what yeah are you okay honey are we still going? Yeah. are we still going for a coffee or yeah and in in the same breath of that like we had lots of questions about doubting yourself and questioning things during these times and of course that comes hand in hand with everything um i think that i've got a, a better handle on all of that now but i'm absolutely not perfect with it i still doubt myself i still doubt things i still question everything yeah I'll take everything over in my head when i feel like that and come out with the same answer because there's actually nothing has changed except me being a mental case yeah um <laughs> and <laughs> it's just it's it's difficult and it all goes hand in hand and it, it's very normal because you find yourself doing that too don't you where you just think about yeah. something to the nth degree until it makes sense no more no yeah so I don't if it was like a little machine and you said yours goes in and then goes yeah. around and up and down and through all the chemicals mm -hmm. and then comes back out the same 
mind goes in and comes back out as five different things to worry about yes yes we have many <laughs> options split it up refract it all sorts and then yeah. make new things yeah. and then at the end i'm like oh now we've got a whole concoction of shit and a spider diagram <laughs> <laughs> i'm capable of something like that oh crap don't you don't have to tell me love you kind of want that there'll just be like drawings on the wall I'd be like, I had this small worry Lindsay and look look, look at my bedroom was what I got to literally <laughs> I would oh. I can't stop it in the sense that I'm a thinker about everything like yeah I love, I love reading something that makes me think about things I love thinking about things and we'll like carve out time in a day to think and we need to get you out of that habit ASAP yeah but it can be a positive like a, a positive thing in that like I enjoy thought-provoking things, if that makes sense. Yeah, but not when you turn no, down inside out. To but that's where I can't separate it all. Of exactly, yeah. That is what I'm like as a personality. So yeah. I enjoy thinking about things that could be helpful, like learning something or yeah. problem solving in like a practical sense or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of it is, I guess, reading and learning, and then enjoy that so much. But then that kind of headspace also then translates negatively when I want to think about a problem all the time yeah exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) going back to something that you mentioned that quickly in passing which when I'm in this headspace I don't sleep if I'm going through a doubting questioning things time yeah my witching hour is about between three and four a.m and normally lasts until between six and seven and just wake up with dread washing over me of something and then it could be nothing I could have just had a bad dream and that's when my brain is just like okay let's let let's go now's the time to go (laughs) (laughs) I'm running away with you I don't care if you're coming with me or not (laughs) and hours later I'll have thought about everything I've changed every part of my life I'll have moved countries I'll have disowned everyone I've ever met and then obviously wait go back to sleep wake up for two hours like god that was dramatic was she at that but time these things, but these things happen in the night as well like my panic attacks come in the night but those awful thought processes and the times where you've got no you know physical distraction around you except a lovely peaceful dark room that's when the demons come out to play i'm telling you now yeah and so many people like oh, yeah i mean i've left james i've um, oh, yeah I've, I've left countries i've you know done all kinds of things in my in my wildest nighttime yeah which never ever materialized but at the time that's the best plan it's the only possible option that you can see is to book a one-way ticket to mexico literally and it's so clear yeah like, the thought it? at that time of night and you just yeah. like how has this not come to me sooner this is yeah. the only way i can deal with the situation yeah but it's exor- literally exhausting, obviously, because you're not sleeping. Yeah. But that and that must be a way that for both of us, anxiety manifests as well. God, yeah. Mm. But you're caught off guard, just having a nice sleep, and then suddenly something's like, ah! Yeah. I didn't consider this, had you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Now's the time. <laughs> it's 4 a.m., pal. Listen, we've got to get through this. Oh, God. Uh, I think one of the other things as well that is we both find difficult at times like this is because we work for ourselves. And I think even if I didn't work for myself and I was just trying to plan a nice weekend, um, motivation and productivity in and how that alters around this time. Because I know we're we're very similar in this, like we down tools and we can't think about anything else, can we? And work doesn't suffer, but it it frustrates us because we both want to be creating lovely things and thinking about lovely creative projects and, you know, getting stuck into things because that's where we both thrive. 
But unfortunately, our minds just don't let us because it's all consuming when it happens in the same way that you say you can't get a book in. Like you literally read a page. Yeah. And, and it's done. You, yeah. It never goes in. And you have to yeah. keep reading it. And you're like, I've read this before. No, I've not. Yes, I have. I don't know. <laughs> and that's that analogy again of the safe space of when that's all mm. fine, you have the capacity for all the other things and yeah. to think creatively and to have time to put into work. Mm. But when that's not there, you don't have any anything left for it. You're the child no. screaming in the room for your mum to come back. Yeah. So that then you feel balanced to go out of your comfort zone, basically, and that's away it. from your own boundaries. It's so true. And like, like today I've had an all right day, but I've had quite, I don't, I don't thrive indoors. Like lockdown has not been, not been good. Um, we need that on a t-shirt for 2020. I don't, yeah, I don't thrive I don't indoors. Thrive indoors. <laughs> I basically, I really need to have like lots of little things to do, like running about or a bit of a project and then maybe a meeting or uh, coffee with a friend and then back out or back in and just, or maybe a walk for an hour and then come back. Yeah. I have my day that's like split up into lots of little parts that I'm looking forward to yeah and I look forward to my work but when I like today because it's been such an indoor day and I've had lots of work to get on with and be at my computer and I didn't make an effort to get dressed or anything today which I think is half my battle yeah lost already before I've even started um and I've been just really in my head and restless and I was supposed to to do a workout class this morning I didn't because I was just so engulfed in what I was doing for work and then it got to four o'clock and I was like I feel utter shit I nearly cancelled this podcast recording yeah I was just like I can't I, I can't and I just had this weird washing over me like weird feeling washing over me of restlessness and anxiety yeah um, and I did my workout and it took half an hour and I feel so much better for it and it's often the things that you know will help but you still cannot be fucked to do no yeah that will help you like you've got you know the last thing I want to do when I feel like this is see someone even though I know that will lift my spirits tenfold Mm. or do a workout even though I know that will bring my physical awareness back to my body and my breath and get me breathing properly and like Mm. really letting go of some stuff but yeah, we're reluctant to do them when you feel so bad. Yeah. So yeah. my advice on how to cope with mo- motivation and productivity and, and you know, and, and maintaining your head above water in that respect is just to push yourself yeah. on those days that you don't feel like doing anything. Push yourself to do the things that normally make you feel good, not yes. the things that are going to make you feel worse. But yeah, absolutely. If it, if it is watching a film, if it is doing a little bit of yoga or, or a proper hit workout where you just fucking get it all out of your system mm. like any of those things that normally make you feel great on a good day do them on a bad day too yeah definitely but equally if that is that means resting for you then that's resting for you whereas yeah. I need distraction to pull me through those bits yeah yeah and like with anything if you're not feeling productive or motivated taking a step back from it if mm. if you can and I guess we're fortunate that we can when you work for yourself there isn't yeah. someone stood behind you going no 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 back to the desk or whatever yeah that whatever that step back from it is just make sure that it helps you refocus when you come back to it mm. um and it has been I think for us uh, we're like whenever I think of motivation and productivity instantly think of creativity because that's what we both work in of trying yeah. to be creative and I've struggled so much with that this year more yeah. than ever there's been no I feel like I've had no like breakthrough moments in my mind of anything mm. and initially it was so much because of no travel and we've been so bloody spoilt with travel over the years of how much it just that feeling when you get somewhere new and you're overwhelmed with everything around you and the smells and the sights you just want to take a photo of everything and you just feel so good 
not having that but also not having that the whole sense of future that we were talking about I just think bogs you down yeah and makes it so hard to actually want to push yourself which is such a vicious cycle to be in because you have to push yourself to get out of that comfort zone and to feel yeah. better again but when you're anxious and you're tired and you're frightened and you're emotional and depressed even at, at, on the worst end of this of the scale you want to just retract and be safe and close and cocooned and small and Definitely. not push out when that will be what makes you feel better but I just until you're ready to do it is it something that you can force yourself to do unless you've got someone really behind you really holding your way which could be what you get more from working in a team environment as opposed mm. to us working sat at home yeah. all of that has to come from within and sometimes it's just not there <laughs> no exactly and there's something to be said there again for um how emotional it can make you feel too like we yeah. haven't really touched on that and I am such a ball of emotion all the time like I cry adverts on on good days never mind anything else but I feel when I'm anxious or when I've had a panic attack or I'm in that kind of headspace then I, it's the most vulnerable I ever feel is during that time because my, I feel like my body's let me, da- me down, but also my head's let me down, my mind's let me down first. Yeah. And um, that I know that I am strong and that I, could, I should be strong enough to deal with all of this, yet it reduces me to, to sobs. Like, it yeah. makes me so sad. Um, and I think the exhaustion of it all, and it's so normal to feel so emotional during, after, on the lead up to, yeah. or throughout all of it. Yeah, and I, we didn't talk about this when I banged my head, did we, on the podcast the other day? Oh, no, 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 you no. didn't. No, I um, I, <laughs> I had a, a really like pretty really bad day, and I'd just been having a, uh, I'd probably been really really anxious for a week, hadn't been sleeping, everything was making me anxious. I couldn't even have like one weak morning coffee because it would send my heart off into oblivion. I was just having just a fucking horrible time. And on one of the days, I decided to do a big clear out. James built me a new little storage unit in my spare room. So I'm having a big clear out and the ceiling kind of juts out at an awkward angle. And I bent down to pick up a um, like load of clothes and stood up and then just walked with like full purpose to this storage cupboard, but full pelt into the wall um, oh. on the ceiling and absolutely smacked my, the side of my forehead. So much so it knocked me to the floor and everything was like a little bright light and just oh. I was just so shocked. And as soon as it happened, I just burst into sobs and it I just reminded myself of a kid that had fallen at the playground and just was screaming for a mum and dad yeah you know hurting myself doesn't affect me in that way normally and I'm very fucking clumsy I just you know you pull it together yeah you you know you just get on with it but I also it can be a different type of crying can't it you hurt yourself and it make you well up and you're like oh but not like that that's a different reaction when you a panicked reaction of course yeah and it was panicked it was all of this that just built up and up and up and especially everything you know around my health anxiety around my brain and like anything to do with that came just flooding back that I now had this awful head injury and I just couldn't get away from that it was my first thought I I, I was like sobbing straight away so I ran to James he was listening to music bless him with his deaf ear facing out so he couldn't hear the commotion from like a few doors down I was like I've just hit my head and like collapsed on the floor and he was like jumped off his chair and all panicked for me he was like oh my god you like it's fine you're okay like let me see you're not you're not bleeding you're not caught it's okay oh you've got an egg come in and like literally tended to me yeah like I was a child because that's the way I was behaving but that's the way the emotions came up for me 
after having such an anxious week, such a panicked week. And that one little thing just sent me yeah. into this awful spiral. And it, it, you know, it, it's just so normal and you've got to just allow all of that to just <laughs> happen because we, unfortunately we can't, we can't put a lid on it. Like no. I was never going to be any other way than beside myself when that yeah. happened that yeah. day. Yeah. But on a normal day, I would have been like, fucking Basson probably kicked the shit out of the wall. Like, I would have been angry, not sad. I mean, it hurt. I've still got a lump. Have you? <laughs> yeah, it's three weeks ago now. Oh, God. I know. It's exactly that, though, when you're vulnerable and you then just think, God, why that now? When it is the straw that broke the camel's back, basically, yeah. isn't it? It is. It tips you over. Mm. I'm definitely an emotional little soul. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you do actually. You do. I just more than I cry. Yeah, I just it'll just be like a leaky cry, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's (laughs) just a really. You seem to have a really wet face (laughs) constantly. (laughs) Yeah. You always say that I cry big yeah. wet tears. Big wet tears. It's so wet. I've had many of Lizzie's big wet tears on my silk shirts, on all oh, things. There's still mascara in one of them. Well, <laughs> it's a memory. Yeah, I'll never get it out. Stain Devil Who. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh. Well, yeah, I think we'll draw a line under it there. But always reach out to us if you're feeling funny or if you're feeling any of these things. It's it can be a really isolated time, especially now. But please take solace in the fact that we are all going through this together yeah we are all one big community um and those feelings of anxiety and panic that you might have had before will probably be quite amplified from this year so don't beat yourselves up be kind to yourselves and avoid caffeine and alcohol (laughs) even though your gut instinct is to reach for a a quick shandy like please don't (laughs) no go one way or the other that one can't yeah it can it really can but thank you so much for being here this week, as always, and for listening to us prattle on. Um, we honestly love doing this so much for you, so thank you. And if you'd like to like, share, and subscribe this episode. <laughs> thank you so much, everybody, and we will see you in the next one. See you next week. Bye. Bye.